You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Nineteen ninety-three, Tombstone. Celebrating the twenty-four-year anniversary of this stupendous movie, um, your regular hosts with the collective mosts. It's at Slim and at Dale underscore A on your social media and this Paper Cake Show episode two eighty-one. This is you know the three of us have been together for. You know, it's been six years now doing this movie podcast, mm-hmm. and we've been two hundred seventy-nine movies, two hundred eighty movies. Yeah, Dale underscore A. How do you feel about us doing finally? Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, oh, oh Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth. Is it, is it Michael Bean? Bean? Michael Bean? Is it Bean? It is Bean. Should I trust Jonesy's pronunciation oh, on that? Honestly? I think you should. Michael, the same Michael from Aliens and Terminator. Full circle, they call it. What are the chances we pivot into Bill Paxton Tombstone and he's in this movie, honestly? What, what if Michael Bean has been secretly pulling the puppet strings behind this podcast for years and we're just only now what connecting do you think, dots? What do you think he's been doing for the past six years? Huh? <laughs> Sci-fi originals this whole time? He has a backup plan. You think we could get Michael Bean on this podcast? It's I think like, we could. It's a high possibility we could. I feel like Michael Bean, we go to Chiller Fest, we could oh talk to God. Michael Bean live while we eat Papa John's together. Mm. We could get some press. Mm-hmm. We could, we could uh, sway around our press credentials, set up some meetings uh, in, in mm-hmm. some hotel room. We get Jonesy to whip up a deck. In mm-hmm. a present presentation with a deck. Oh mm-hmm. my god! Yeah, you. Yeah, we get a whiteboard mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, you no one. You know, we didn't copy down Jonesy's important notes, so someone's got to take a photo of the whiteboard before you erase it, so no yep. one can see it. Oh my, oh my gosh! You both know that I take no notes before we could, every presentation. We could, That's how I stay so fresh. We and could hot. take this from the Bill Paxson pivot that it was pivot. Take this into the real world. Decks, press credentials, chiller theater, <laughs> Michael Bean. It would be the ultimate pivot when you think about it. Let me just throw this title out to you. See how it lands. An evening with Michael Bean. Oh my god. Presented by the Paper Keg Radio Syndicate. <laughs> you know? Half half off coupon for tacos mm, that night. Mm-hmm. Presented by Paper Keg Radio Syndicate. Twenty five cent tacos. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure if we have the budget to 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 pay for those twenty five cent tacos, Jonesy. Well, the small, you know, print needs to be excluding supreme. Is this also like when you go to get twenty five cent wings and the wings are like a half an inch? Right. They're actually the mini tacos you just throw in the fryer and are just dough. Around one cube of beef. Mm. Yeah. Beef cubes. Mm-hmm. 
Bullion. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just around the corner, Tombstone, one of, if I can just Do throw it. out there, one of all of our favorite films. Yeah. Easily. Absolutely correct. I mean, you know, six it was it was probably one of those things like if I remember correctly, six years ago when we started this movie podcast, we probably did it because we wanted to talk about Tombstone. But then we started to get going six years go by and we and we didn't want to do it right up front. You know what I mean? And then it just gets lost in the collective mind hive of ours. And uh, and then we're like, you know what we forgot to do six years ago? Tombstone. Here we are. We come back to yeah. it. We just come back to it. We pivot back to it was, it was it was it was it was probably the best time to honor Bill Paxton, rest in peace. Um it's always been, you know, our goal to do two hundred and eighty episodes leading up to Tombstone. Yeah. And then go where the wind takes us next. Now I'm just gonna throw another thing out there, see how it lands. You know, another mo- potential movie app. Uh Keep in mind for those listening, we have up until episode 290 booked up with movies, mm-hmm. whether Dale agrees with those <laughs> right. or not, those films. <sighs> you know, maybe we turn one episode into the Matrix trilogy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. there being some pushback about making them separate there was, episodes. There was some Twitter pushback, I think. from It started with Dale saying just wow, dot. But no, that's not my idea. My idea... Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese. Oh Jesus. God, say it. Casino. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Wow. I haven't seen that. I've seen that once. <laughs> Maybe we pivot after that and do Heat. Oh my God. I feel uh, like. I mean, <laughs> Jonesy just fainted. Jonesy just fainted. <laughs> like he's been at the poker table for thirty-six hours straight, <laughs> going at it. Oh, we crawls too. <laughs> I don't even know Jonesy worked today He was just googling Tombstone gifts At the ready and sending those out How about the fact that on the internet There only exist Doc Holiday gifts From Tombstone Rightfully so Last night I was watching it downstairs If I was watching it in my office I I mean after we record this I might make like five gifts (laughs) I mean there's some specific scenes That I want to get like when uh, Wyatt when um, Bill Paxson dies and he's like, the camera's like looking up at him. He's holding him over the pool table and he's like crying and he's sweating mm-hmm. and he's he's like going nuts. Oh my God, I'm going to turn that into a gift so mm-hmm. fast. Oh my my hard drive is going to spin. Isn't that what it does? You know, yeah, it's going to spin faster. Than Got it. Also, how do you even know what a hard drive does? What is mm-hmm. happening here? Mm-hmm. Did you research hard drives yeah. today when you I weren't told working you. and, and I, looking up I gifts? I spent most of my day pretending to be focused on the operation but really saving some tombstone gifts hard Re- like real researching hard. doc holiday gifts and his uh, a plus exam mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for computers uh should we get into it uh, right now tombstone i mean there's no time like the present there's it, we've been putting it off back. six years we put this off mm-hmm. jenzy please you know, I feel like everyone knows the story of Tombstone, Wyatt Earp, <laughs> the Earp boys, their friend Doc Holliday, the shootout at the OK Corral, and the Earp revenge ride. I mean, 
been made into a lot of movies. Kevin Costner's attempt at an epic with the movie named White Earp, but really this is the seminal version of the of the Earp tale, in my humble opinion. And instead of a synopsis, you know, during my day at work, which I totally did a lot of work at, quote, quote hey, fingers, um, you know, I don't think there's ever been a set of four leads that are more analogous to the paper keg group. Mm. You know, Morgan Earp, the dead one, is Mark <laughs> Farrington. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. You know, Wyatt Earp, the fearless leader with perfect hair with a wife that rags on him constantly, slim. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that with a wife that's a drug addict. <laughs> Slim. You know, the elder statesman with the gray hair and the just rigid charisma, Dale underscore A. More and the one that it, it, mm. <laughs> Come on, Verge. <laughs> and the unfortunate, sickly pale, coughing, oh degenerate gambler who is a a plus s talker uh, you know could be another host we could think of at a later date i'm not sure who's me yet but you know tombstone paper keg stone tomb keg oh my gosh yeah paper stone whatever it's just our world's blending you know let karate me, me karate f- chop obviously billy zane <laughs> absolutely in billy zane's most beautiful role I feel like, but maybe for those that don't, maybe I'll give a, th- a super short synopsis. The Earp boys retire and go to Tombstone, Arizona, to make money. Silver They've money. Had enough. Yeah, they try, try to make that cashish. Mm-hmm. The town's booming. It's going to be the next uh, Los Angeles or San Francisco, whatever they said in the movie. And of course, they get into trouble and all hell breaks loose. That's the gist. That's all you need to know, really. And. God Almighty, I love this movie. There, I mean, flaws included. Right. I'm not saying Absolutely. this is a perfect film right. by any stretch, but man alive, do I love this movie. But even the flaws are crystallized in nostalgia. Yeah, they, they they have been. Yeah, I mean, you could, and I mean, there was a moment midway through the movie. You know, Wyatt has had his tantrum about becoming a. Uh, a marshal again and there's the scene where the cowboys are coming like six deep into the city and without watching this movie and probably what's been six or seven years i just said to myself just the same you better deputize me (laughs) i knew immediately where that line was that's a perfect movie gents where you just pick off like you know pick up like you never left off before tim o thief corrects Jonesy in that quote in the slack I think he might have said you better swear me in well Timothy jokes on you I haven't read the slack in weeks <laughs> <laughs> oh god I mean start with um, Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp from the onset him arriving into Tombstone he you know he's he's a, his legend precedes him in this town everywhere he goes as the legendary quote peace, peacekeeper peace officer People mm-hmm. don't even get job offers out of their mouth. It's just like, no, thank you. 
Yeah, he gets he shuts these randos down. He knows what they they're going they want to hire him as the boss of the town. He says, "Get the f out of my face." And he sees this boy trying to pull the horse off the train. And the horse is giving him trouble. He starts like whipping the horse in the face with like these ropes. And Wyatt out of nowhere stops him the second time he's about to whip the horse in the face and then whips the boy <laughs> in the face. I mean, man, he's like maybe 25. Right. And I mean, and then Wyatt's like, doesn't feel good, does it? I'm like, oh my God, yes, yeah. Wyatt Earp. It's, it's, it's amazing that the man who, like, is no paladin, he, he's not valiant, he wasn't like a marshal because he wants to do good in the world. Like, he, he, he's over the, he did his time, he basically did his time, he did his uh, peacemaking, and now he's ready to, like, own a casino and own a mining operation and just make tons of money doing what he, you know, doing what he really wants to do. He doesn't have this pull in the movie to, like, see good through, you know what I mean? He just he he just lives by his own code, and him whipping that whipping that guy in the face. Not and only the, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Jonesy. Not only his own code, but an entire language he's developed on his own that is fascinating. Like when he confronts Billy Bob in the uh, the hotel mm-hmm. at the Pharaoh game, and his partner are you going to skin that smoke wagon or what? I was I oh my what god, a fascinating. Yeah line he he, he did like, jerk had, like, that pistol or just stand there and bleed he, he had like three or four adjectives in three sentences in a row like he just like i wonder if it was scripted he just kept, he kept coming up with different names for the gun smoke wagon smoke yeah, wagon. i mean from from once he gets into the town he gets the lay of the land they get a place to stay and he gets wind that this one bar the oriental doesn't do any good business because there's one bad dealer in there and the barkeep owner is too scared to get rid of him Played so by a young Earp, Billy Bob Thornton. A young, larger Billy Bob. Probably one of his earliest roles. And he... Go, Wyatt Earp goes in there, scopes it out. And right away, he like doesn't passive-aggressively try to get this guy out of here because he sees a business opportunity. He's like, I get this guy out of here. I can make some money in this in this mm-hmm. bar. Immediately. He goes up to Billy Bob. He's not even... He doesn't even... Says, he hasn't even gone to see where he's staying for the night yet. Not in, he hasn't done anything. He goes up to Billy Bob and says, "You're in my ch- you're in my chair." <laughs> like he doesn't try to like wait for the perfect moment to like right. You know, do do some kind of like slower to, subliminal move. Right. He doesn't He's wait right for space. like uh, he doesn't wait for like an opening for opposition or like a chance to do some justice. <laughs> no, none of that. Right. I was like waiting. I've seen this movie a hundred times. I was waiting for him to be like waiting to catch Billy Bob like cheating or something Mm -hmm. so that he could look valiant in getting him out. But he doesn't. He's just like, you're in my, you're in my seat. Get the F out. (laughs) (laughs) And I still love the character to death. He's so amazing. Mm -hmm. I, for one, realized that in my youth, I probably incorrectly tried to model myself after Doc Hollywood in this movie. Doc Holliday. What did I say? Doc Hollywood? Also a great film by Mel J. Fox. Pivot pivot to Doc Hollywood. Hollywood. If we could pivot this into Doc Hollywood, all all I'm hearing right now is the loud keystrokes of Timo Thief. (laughs) Just smacking in that slack. Like, did you hear what he talked about his favorite character? But he said the wrong name because he's 35 and losing his brain. (laughs) 
or some such. I don't know. Tim a thief, all in good fun. Anyway, Doc Holiday, just Val Kilmer is a vision mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> I mean, every he chooses the scenery, every scenery he's in, and I feel like when you Google, you know, YouTube videos, Tombstone best lines, it's got to be like what seventy nine percent. Doc Holiday, I would, I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine. A Doc Holiday. Like I can't remember his backstory, but he's essentially like a like a, a robber, a thief, a master, you know, uh, gambler, s- thief, shooter, and he's somehow friends with Wyatt Earp. And like I don't I never dug into the backstory of what it was like in real life, but in this movie, they're like, you know, they get a kick out of each other, yeah, and they enjoy each other's company. And I always found that very intriguing. Because you wouldn't think from Wyatt Earp's history that this is the kind of sort that he would associate with. Mm-hmm. And uh, Val Kilmer, the way he played this role is very flamb- like It's a weird flamboyance that it's not like... If he didn't have that woman with him uh, doing the the heists, like I would, I would wonder which way Doc Holliday went, if you, if you gather my mm-hmm. meaning. Because oh, okay. and like yeah. in that manner of speaking, I found the relationship with uh, Wyatt Earp and him even more interest interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I wondered if like that was some of their mutual friendship attraction. That like you're unlike anything I've really encountered before. I'm kind of want to stick around with you. Mm-hmm. So it was super fascinating. My uh, the best. I'm gonna you know it's all the best. So shut up, Dale. But. When they first all get into town and, uh, like, Wyatt and Doc, like, say their hellos and stuff like that. And then the mayor or the marshal shows up. And Wyatt's like, Marshall, have you met Doc Holliday yet? And Doc Holliday's like, piss no, off, Wyatt. Piss on you, Wyatt Earp. Piss on you, Wyatt Earp. <laughs> it's great. And Wyatt Earp's, like, dimply grin when he does that. Yeah, his big old mustache. Yeah. Oh, man. Beautiful. <laughs> How also, so Doc Holliday has like tuberculosis and he's like literally dying the entire movie, but he's still able to walk about and kind of look normal-ish. I mean, he was, they made him look so ill. Yeah, it was it, He could have been a zombie, yeah. like in most of his scenes, like he's ready to turn at any moment in his <laughs> right. scenes. He is a shade of gray slash pink, mm-hmm. like an uncovered brain. In like a science laboratory, yeah, like nothing I had ever seen. But it, and even like the little sway to his walk, where you're not a hundred percent sure if he could fall at any second mm-hmm. or not. But that as soon as he's in a gunfight, he's like, like, like zeroed oh, yeah. in. Absolutely. Is like an amazing subtlety that I don't know if was planned or not, but like upon each rewatch becomes like mm-hmm. very rhythmic when you watch I, when they especially like when they're uh they're walking to the okay corral and they're they're like planning out their moves on the way and virgil's like give doc the shotgun he'll be able to stand from afar and, and like th- to to be able to utilize his skills best when he's in such terrible shape the whole time yeah but that doc comes alive because as soon as he's out of slugs with a shotgun he dual wields those 
cult peacemakers and just shri- everybody else is missing and doc i feels feels is like are you guys even firing at the same people i am because i feel like doc kills the most amount of cowboys in this movie yeah. how about how about the scene where i mean the most one of the most gifable scenes that i try to take note on to gif later is when he f- shoots off his duster and and aims the shotgun oh man Mm-hmm. beautiful scene good lord yes 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 that duster he whips out that shotgun and aims oh my god and he's so like i mean he's he's got like this amazing tuberculosis sickly body but like the peacemakers <laughs> are still in their holsters and they're like crisscross across the stomach like that and the, the duster comes off that mustache how about there at, at the climax of the film and I'm sure we're going to skip back and forth a lot, but just to, to build on that point, like he is close to death. He wears his duster like a sick blanket, <laughs> but he's at the face off and he's able to quick draw, take the shot, flip it and land it in the opposite holster mm-hmm. and still manage to look like a strong wind could knock him apart. <laughs> right. Amazing. Also, when he when he fights Johnny Ringo, Michael Bean's character, who I really liked that character, mm-hmm. um, when he shoots Ringo right in the head oh, at yeah. the final face-off, and Ringo's like still alive, almost like trying to walk and live yeah, yeah. as a regular human being who hasn't just been shot <laughs> right. in the head. That was so creepy. I don't even remember that scene. He's like shambling forward toward Doc, like he hasn't like, like uh, <laughs> shot in the head. <laughs> God. I've never heard the line I'll be your huckleberry be the most sinister thing mm-hmm. I have ever heard in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably the most quotable line from mm. the, whole, the whole film. I think people quote that and maybe don't even remember what it's from at this point. I think I, you're a daisy if you do. I think, I, I you know, I always, I'm always curious like you, Slim, about the backstory of the real people involved in the movie um, but I think one of the uh, questions was, did Doc Holliday really kill Johnny Ringo? And I don't think anybody really knows because Johnny Ringo was found dead, like laying against a gnarled Rudy tree like that. But mm. there's been, I don't think there was any claim to actually With how he died. With just the word Doc him. carved above his head. <laughs> in the right. wood. Yeah. yeah. Very well, strange just, circumstances. Just another idea. Pivot young guns. Oh, oh God. 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 Two episodes because we're gonna have to do Young Guns too. Young Guns one and two. This is where we revive the moniker Paper Keg West, and we do westerns <laughs> in that in that podcast. <laughs> Pivot back. Unforgiven. Oh man, Jeez oh, Louise. <sighs> How about uh, Charlton Heston's oddball, <laughs> useless role in this movie? Yeah. Uh, he's obviously a legend at this point. Yeah. In those movies, so they throw him in as like a last minute helper to Wyatt Earp. And then and they all act he, like they've known him for decades that he's suddenly the most trustworthy person in the movie. Hey, is this the Hooker Ranch? Yeah, I'm Hooker. All right, great. Let's put our friends up that are dying right. in your house. If he's not Charlton Heston, that whole character is, is meaningless and doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, they really rely on the man's whole catalog of work to support the credibility of this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, because he tells Wyatt Earp that, like, Wyatt Earp's about to leave to go to fight Johnny Ringo, and Doc Holliday's presumably dying in bed, and Wyatt Earp's like hesitant to leave, so he turns to Heston 
and Heston's like, don't worry. You know, if they want to get to him, they got to come through us. <laughs> and, like, it's great Charlton Heston saying that. But, like, the yeah. character, you have no idea who this person right. is. Why is this guy you have any weight hooker? whatsoever? Do you whip horses in the face, hooker? Do we know? Can, who you, imagine, <laughs> can you imagine 1993, Dale, you're 35. You're seeing this with your girlfriend at the time. Yeah. She says to you something absurd like, why would they just so easily let Doc be taken care of by that man? And you're like, babe, it's Charlton Heston. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> There's also a scene where Charlton Heston walks in full frame, like wearing this cowboy getup, and he's got this old man shimmy that almost took me out of the movie entirely. It was so off-putting. I got, I'm going to have to gift that and say that later. <laughs> it looks like Charlton the uh, Heston animatronic department from Jurassic World. Now I have put to, together a Charlton Heston robot. Now I have to look like for this looked, old man shimmy. I had I had not it, it looks analyzed like that closely. Charlton Heston is like, he's, he's getting up there in this movie. So I feel like he's not walking around like any spring chicken at this point. All his scenes, he's barely moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was probably it, really, that he could do. Throw a few lines out there, but they probably should have cut out him walking. Del, you know what it's deck. like? It's like, did you ever have, like, the cowboy and Indian toys when you were a kid, and the cowboy had to have the legs that were permanently wishbone to fit on the toy horse? And to move, it was like a set of levers across the table. <laughs> like, that's how he walked in real life. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Helps. <laughs> okay, you piece of ass. Thanks I for chiming in with your. What, what, what kind comments? of response would have been okay without to, to not warrant some sort of kickback from you? Oh, why? Oh, why is Jonesy? Oh, I understand now. <laughs> you explained to me so perfectly. I picture it in my head. What, what do you? What do you want me to say? We're doing this uh, live, Jonesy. <laughs> this is live, live to tape. I will say that. <laughs> The I think the first half of the movie, the first three quarters are the best. Mm-hmm. The um the Wyatt Earp revenge stuff, actually, it's it a different didn't movie. Uh, totally different movie. It, it is. It, it's two totally different movies. When he goes on his revenge spree with these rando cowboys and uh, what's his face from The Walking Dead, Nick Masters, with his weird mariachi outfit <laughs> his, and his oh, mariachi girl. hair. <laughs> He's obviously just a random like white dude, right? Do I need to Google this actor to see what his nationality is? Michael Rooker? You know, the the according to the wiki, the original director was fired from the film. And um, Kurt Russell has said that he directed a chunk of the movie while they were waiting for the replacement. And I wonder which chunk mm-hmm. he directed. Yeah, me too. Was it the revenge ride scenario that seems a little disjointed? Or was he responsible for the first 45% of the movie which is the lead up to the OK Corral the uh, his posse the White Air was posse like I don't really give a crap like the he saw these cowboys at the first 30 seconds of the movie and then the one cowboy Michael Rooker gets rid of his sash and they're all on the same team now like I don't care about you guys I care about White Earp and Virgil and Morg yeah I honestly thought um, <clears throat> in the beginning of the movie when the cowboys gunned down the Mexicans at the wedding. Johnny Ringo made it sound like he he regretted like making his decisions in life and be, being a cowboy, like the way uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Pale Rider 
was going to come and like you know get revenge he he already made it like he sounded so regretful that he made his deal with the devil but 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 like right after that he totally embraced and became like de facto psycho, psycho cowboy leader yeah like yeah I, I i saw the same thing because when you're watching his first entrance in that scene you're like oh this guy's got some depth mm-hmm. i'm you know this guy could could be something other than a cowboy yeah and then he shoots yeah i forgot he shoots the priest right in the head after he makes this speech but after that he's like a, a kook yeah yeah there's there's no depth really i mean there is a point where after the okay corral and the cowboys take revenge on uh the Earp brothers that wyatt stops the the cart and says look i want you to know this is over and it was almost over and then johnny ringold's like you smell that smells like someone died and you're like (laughs) okay you could have just settled everything nobody had to die but now we're just going to keep cranking it up till yeah do you think he really meant that though or was that part of white Arab's plan well, I know that that's interesting because in the next cut he's like laying in wait with his duster and a shotgun, and mm-hmm. you know, surprise B, I'm a marshal now. So. Yeah, what was the backstory of that? Was he always a marshal, or did he he go back to those two dudes from the first scene and be like, okay, uh, hire me? Yeah, I need to be a marshal again, so mm-hmm. I can murder people with shotguns. On also, platform. you know, what's is that? make it all legal like did he really need the marshal badge to be going on a killing spree (laughs) like what's law even really (laughs) around this time apparently just stealing it from a friend and wearing it makes it legal because um doc holiday is pretty much like oh i'm gonna get you john ringgold and now it's nice and legal and right. you're like, no, you just you could have just stolen you that. Just stole that. Yeah. Why yeah. does that make it legal? He's like, like, who's filing the paperwork here that says <laughs> this was legal? He's like, uh, well, I, I'd like to hold that before I die. Basically, it's like, so it's like, uh, yeah, I better grant that wish to him. And he's like, oh, I'm deputized now. I have it. Yeah. It's like, what? That was pretty close to what I assume is a deputization ceremony <laughs> in the so, old west. Also, I think now they said that I'm a deputy. They, the, they they all deputize the cowboys too, the one crooked sheriff. Oh yeah, because right? they say they're all wearing them, badges. They're wearing badges. Oh yeah. Also, where do you get thirty badges from? Also, just laying around. Yeah, to give I out can't to these imagine cowboys. that in the old west they were particularly easy to like mass manufacture. Right, bad yeah badges. Hmm. You know the cowboys had some like deep cave. Uh, like some Briscoe County Junior situation where it was like <laughs> wow. some deep cave hideout. Pivot. pivot. The first episode of Briscoe County Junior. We can pivot that because oh I have the whole season on DVD right now. What? Oh I didn't God. know that was a thing you could buy. You could buy it on I'm Amazon right now. Doc. That that pilot what episode is like three hours long. 308? Is it really? <laughs> it's long. I've tried. I that think was... I've watched and fallen asleep to it twice. <laughs> So it must be good if that's getting the deal. Uh, <laughs> it's my that's favorite. Like Jaws level it's my praise. favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we need to talk about the, uh, the 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 love interest of Wyatt outside oh, of his drug addicted wife. Like he's having it. Their marriage is in shambles, and then this woman comes to town who's a performer, entertainer with Billy Zane and his luscious hair, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the the idea of their court like semi courtship was interesting because she's unlike anything Wyatt's ever seen before. Like she speaks her mind. She loves to 
sleep around. And I, I, his interest in her reminded me of his interest in Doc Holliday in a way. Hmm. But um, you should read one a thesis thing, the, on that analysis. The, the one that didn't work for me was the ham-fisted scene where I think Wyatt. Uh, I think he kills somebody or someone gets killed and he goes out into the rain. Oh, I think his brother gets killed. He goes out in the rain and then the, the, the mistress like runs to him like, Oh God. And he's like, get out of here. <laughs> and then he turns around and his wife is there like looking and then she turns around. Like it was very dramatic. Like A little too on the dramatic. Nose. Yeah. It was too on the nose, but like, what is the wife? What is, what's her decision there? Because their marriage is over at that point. I don't even think you see her again. Really? I, I don't know. She sees them near each other and she's like, I'm out. I'm going back to my, my drink. Mm -hmm. Every time that like Wyatt tries to like give her the olive branch, she literally shoved it up his a hole. Yeah. How about, how about after the theater when like he literally is like, you know what? You're right. I don't have to go to work. You know, let's go back. I'll go, you know, I'll go back and keep you company a little while longer back at the house or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, never mind. Well, like that's just, but it, it wasn't like a trap. It wasn't entrapment. It wasn't like this thing where I want you to do the, that, but I said something different as a test. It was just like, no, I'm fine. You don't have to come back with me. She, she was. I want like, you to want to come back with me. <laughs> she was kind of crazy too because remember when he came home and he's like, "How you doing?" and she like cackles and is like crying. I'm like Wyatt. Like you should pay attention to what's happening here. Your wife is gonna kill herself right yeah like you're missing all the signs <laughs> right. your wife she's insane on this chloramine or whatever she's drinking laudanum i think they call La- it yeah laudanum good it's lord full of hop you know watch out for that <laughs> but the uh yeah the, the relationship with between those two um it was interesting i liked how she explained herself and he and then he tried to like she was like, let's just go travel the world, or like I want to travel the world and get room service. And White Earp's like, well, that's crazy. I can't believe anyone would ever want to do that. And then I he want goes home silver to his wife. for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, he he goes home to his wife, and he's like, hey, what do you say we, you know, we make enough money here, we just leave, we go traveling. <laughs> so he like tries to see what his wife would react to this, right? And then she just takes a hot dump on it, <laughs> and he's like, never mind, I don't want to do that anyway. Leave me alone. Poor Wyatt. Poor Wyatt. How about that bad A scene where he decides he's going to clean up the town and he opens the old leather case or his, his old peace officer pistol with his engraved name is on engraving. it. And like, oh, that's the sign the S is about to go down hard I wanna, core. It's, like the, it's the Joker gun, right? That, my, that uh, he used at the end of the first Batman film. It's like the long... You know, the barrel of that gun is like 24 inches long and it's just a regular handle gun. I mean, maybe it's what they needed back then for aim, you know? Maybe. maybe. I, I want to know if like where, and maybe Jonesy and I can do this when we fly out to like California to, to pick up a Ford Bronco and drive it cross country back. But like in AKA what museums the do these things exist? Because they're real. Wyatt Earp owned guns. Mm-hmm. He did. You know, like, does that stuff exist, and where can I find it? Like that a, would be amazing. Uh, you talk about a reproduction pistol? No, or like... Or the real deal? Like, in a museum? In a museum, yeah. Like, where can I go see 
one of Wyatt Earp's guns, engraved Tell you or what, not. You, you guys drive cross-country to get the Bronco, and on the way back, you pick up Michael Bean, and you guys <laughs> just record your travels through the country. We'll just hook up just like end a tape recorder on the dash. Yeah. What are these mics called? Slim lav mics or something? Like, you just mm-hmm. hook it right to the seatbelt. God, oh, God damn. And the rattle you hear is me cranking down the window. Oh, did like you get your Did you get your wife to approve that Bronco purchase yet? Uh, you know, I feel like I've made a small chip in the granite. Yeah, and then she refilled it you, with epoxy. And you know, you're talking about replacing your uh, your big truck. Why don't you wait until the new Bronco is announced and sell what you have to get the new Bronco? That is not a bad plan, and one that I have definitely thought about because. I'm not going to lie, guys. I like modern amenities, mm-hmm. and I've had a classic car as a daily driver, and it's not as cracked up as you think it is. No power steering, almost killing your passengers every time they get in the car, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> like 81% yeah. of the issue. Right. So sure. a new modern Bronco with, you know, all with of the, the appointments. Coming off, you know? Jeep. My God. I mean, even if it was the the same style as the Bronco 2, but had a removable cap. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I could get down with that pretty I mean, hard. You imagine, listen, Q317's back on, by the way, oh so long as we get all of our wives to give the green light. My wife has given the green light so long as we have a weekend lake house planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to go, so, get her weekend in. Yeah, so I'm in. We gotta get the hands in. We need. We have two remaining hosts that need to get the green light. Right. I gotta. I gotta start laying that groundwork. And we, you know, we could be driving a Bronco up to uh, 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 northern upstate New York. Probably the only thing that we want out of the trip, Jonesy. Oh God, I'm just thinking of like an '89 Bronco with the back seat that has like the flannel pattern. You know, cap off. You know, we could probably buy one in oh my God. New York. Oh God. It's probably you know, all Broncos. Bron- there's probably there. a Bronco dealership every half mile. You probably can't there. throw a rock at Lake Paseco and not hit 15 oh my Broncos. God. For sale. Just for sale. You want Eddie Power? We could we tow got all. our vehicle behind the Bronco. <laughs> get it back home. We get it shipped. They probably ship vehicles home at these Bronco yeah. dealerships. So you don't have to worry about it. They specialize in it. God damn. Yeah. And we go celebrate our purchase at the local watering hole to which I'm allowed to stay for more than two drinks. It's actually, I think I, you know, I I remember this conversation. We wanted to leave because you were the one that drove. So we (laughs) had to get you out of there. I had to drive us home. As I recall, I had to drive your, uh, what do you have? Uh, the big thing. Yeah. The truck called. Was it that thing you have? Hmm. Not expedition. Tahoe. Nope. Can I big? Can I tell him? Yeah, just yeah. No, on. don't tell. Him. Let him guess. <laughs> all, right, all right, let me let me Google here. <laughs> yeah, but that's big right. Chevy. Jonesy did drive. That's right. And yeah. Chevy. My that's, God! But you know what they say, Jonesy? Babes. It's better at the bow. You know what I mean? It is better at the bow. <laughs> we could have had such a killer time. They had touch <gasps> tunes there. Oh man, I could I could have DJed the whole night. Cupid, draw back your bow. 
and let you hey everybody having a good night here at the oxbow here's one for the ladies in the back chevy what is this suburban chevy suburban i'm driving driving the chevy suburban you know jonesy's got like his feet up kicking on the dashboard he's he's s-faced you know i don't think i was quite I remember it that bad but i did a lot you know he'd like by drive. the end of the night he'd like throw the keys at you come on let's go like he, he did do that actually. He threw the keys at me. You know, he did his like fast walk out of the bar. <laughs> you know, I'm like, here you go, let's go, woo! And I had to, I had to hop into that suburban. I remember it like it was yesterday. Greatest, greatest yesterday. I mean, there's lives. not a lot I can test because on the for the record, I have a terrible memory. So no, you could have no. said I left my shirt there, right. drove home topless, and I would have had to agree with you. I mean, there was probably some woman that wanted probably that two. to happen. Probably two women. Yeah. Friends. They were probably friends standing for your... the weekend. She probably, you know, she probably wanted to put up the put on the get up that Michael Rooker had in Tombstone <laughs> and, and show you a night that you'd never forget. She'd make you call her McMasters. <laughs> <laughs> How about he the... had an Irish name and he wore a mariachi outfit. <laughs> Classic. Mariachi outfit. <laughs> Classic uh, Michael Rooker being able to basically give all the backstory he wants to his character. Yeah. How about what I was feel he doing like, in the wedding scene? Was he like murdering people, or what was he? Do you remember what his what he was doing? No, I think he was like pouting, like because <laughs> he's essentially Finn from Star Wars in this movie. <laughs> this that's probably where Star Wars got the idea. How about the dual power struggle where you never really knew who was leading the Cowboys? Powers Booth or Michael Bean? Like, you weren't sure. God, Powers Booth was amazing yeah, in this movie. He was. You could, he walked the line of psycho and, like, friendly drunk mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when he killed the uh, marshal or the, the sheriff, the old dude, mm-hmm. and he was, yeah, like, the, really the upset about marshal. it. Yeah. Yeah, he, and well, he never he really does something evil after that, except for like the last scene before they get killed. Does he? You know, is he the one that all calls up on his opium? Is he the one that calls up? You know, Ike tells Ike to kill him, like kill Wyatt before he gets to the train station, or is, was that Ringo? Uh, no, um, Powers Booth suggested it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, to go, but that was the it. only other time, like the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, he does evil things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in between that, he's like just a crazy drunk that might punch you in the face. I don't know. Great movie. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a movie that as soon as you turn it on, it's like you know you love the movie, but as soon as you turn it on, you are definitely definitely reinforced any feelings you have are reinforced like i definitely love this movie mm-hmm. there you have it tombstone amazing film amazing one thrill. of the best amazing set one like i want to know if the set of tombstone like exists on a movie ranch still somewhere i mean because oh like if it's like an abandoned town you can go visit yeah type of deal that would be amazing is, wouldn't it is there like a movie ranch that uh Disney owns that still has like a western town in it. I mean, there's still got to be one or two left because of the few western stuff that that, that does happen. But we pick up Michael Bean. Oh man, yeah. We we drive the Bronco to the abandoned town and we recreate scenes from Tombstone. Yeah, like Michael Bean could like give his two cents on a scene that they were filming, or Kurt Russell was the director that day. 
<laughs> Maybe he, you guys interplay with Latin. Yeah. Against each other. Yep. Oh man. Make that an Instagram story. In vino veritas. Ever, I loved the face where, like, um, he turned around and was shocked that he also knew Latin, and it was like, now I really hate him. God, what a great movie! I thought Dale and I might quote that entire film and mm-hmm. Twitter to each other all night last night. Simultaneous. There's still there's still time. Yeah. But uh, we have to get into our letters. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at papercake.com. You shoot his letter with Mark Garner. Our, uh, our letter this evening uh, from uh, the Frisco Kid himself almost the tombstone kid had the town succeeded uh as mentioned last friday night during that epic pickle knife session of rocket league i was driving the road at 75 miles an hour fist pumping the air at the prospect of the book hold on hold on Rewind. that was weird mail just crashed uh fist pumping the air at the prospect of the book I've been begging you guys to book club for the last two plus years and may finally be coming an interview Aaron and Ribbick's epic Thor God of Thunder now as much as I love you guys to lock that in I had to make a formal request that now in the service of transparency to the community you the paper gag hosts part the ultimate kimono that's right I request that you share the full contents of the Paper Cake Book Club Google Doc. <laughs> Hefty request. Boy, this is where uh, we just shut our, the podcast down. Matt yeah, H. you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to turn turn down the lights. Where does what, what does Matt HH want access to, to our historic archive and future episode book club document? It's you know? like the Disney movies. Once they go back in the vault, they don't get reproduced for yeah. years. You know. This is like this is like the masked magician. He thinks we're the masked magician yeah. going to just reveal our secrets to an, a fox audience of millions of people. What if yeah. one day we want to come back for regular paper cake episodes? You know, in five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we what still we, need what, those. We start a new, brand new Google Doc for our aged old podcast that's been around forever. Phew. This is this is vintage Frisco kid. You, I mean, you guys can't see it, but Dale just like genuinely guffawed, like it had, like it, it was a real up. facial tick of anger. It didn't come across, and, but yeah, and justified, <laughs> and justifiably so. Are there huge bogeys that you've talked about taking down? Oh, there's more parentheses. Sagas. <laughs> no, we keep gonna, we continue here. He's going to demand our tax documents next. But haven't gotten to? Legendary runs considered and abandoned? What about hidden gems or long-rumored returns of golden banned books? I think he means golden embargo books, but that's okay. This is the chance for the fans to get a glimpse of what could have been, in parentheses again, or may still be, before train number 300 pulls out of the station for the final time. Signed to Matt H.H., what was one book that we started and then we all decided against it because we didn't like it? 
Do you remember that day? Oh, was what it was that book? You started it, and then you're like, we might need to rethink this. I think it was a Grant Morrison book. Sea Guy? I think it might have been. Sea Guy. Was it Sea Guy, guy? or Seagull Guy or whatever that book was called? Whatever nonsense book that was. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of them. There might have been another one. I think there might have been another Grant Morrison book, I feel like. <laughs> uh, might have been the authority. might have been the authority. Volume two or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I feel know. like there was another one in yeah, there. I, can't def- I think there definitely was another one somewhere. And we're just what like, about a what? A, what about a book that we changed our mind on that we haven't done yet that we want to? Has that ever happened? Since we're not releasing the document, we're getting a hard veto on that, Frisco. A book that what we haven't done yet, but we want to, or that we plan to, and then plans changed. What I think this book? week, this week uh, we were, I was leaning on pushing this podcast into a book this week, but it felt so good to just not read a book and mm-hmm. just do Tombstone because yeah, it's like tombstone. slipping into an old pair we're of under, slippers. We're under zero obligation to do a comic book until episode 300. And even then, if we wanted to do another movie, I'd be okay with that. I just sent a chill down Dale's spine oh, when I said that. It's so freeing. Like, it's our show. It's revitalizing is what it is. It's revitalizing. Podcast Viagra. That's what it is. The show's still ending at 300, so nobody get any ideas. (laughs) FYI. Especially Dale. (laughs) What a show. (laughs) (laughs) You got to leave that in. You can't bleep that out. The one time he curses on the the air, you got to keep it. Next week... Hopefully everyone gets their hands on those tickets. Oh. We're going to be talking about Logan. Mm. Let's just say tickets in hand, my friend. Oh. oh. What are we going to do if it really is the greatest comic book movie ever made? We're going to talk like, about it. We might have to end at 282. Maybe there's nowhere we go after if, that. If this is if this movie makes it into my top 5, Logan will be the last episode we ever do for this podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Done. Handshake agreement. You just officially sent chills. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. Listen, it's at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes still. It's it. It's staying there. We'll know how uh, good it is, according to me, when uh, Jonesy's on sleep monitor in the theater with me. (laughs) (laughs) Jonesy, aren't there any early showings on like a Friday morning or a a Saturday, Sunday morning you could sneak out to? I'm seeing it with Dale on Friday. Oh, I thought you were... That must have moved out of the uh, G-chat. Dale put the whammy... And it turned from a hard no into let's work it out. I, what, it, what, what, when are you guys going to see it? Saturday morning? It's going to be Friday right night. What time's the movie? 8 o'clock. Oh, God. That's late. I've been going to sleep like 11 o'clock, 10.30. Oh, God. You know, as opposed to 2 or 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess know. I should have seen a doctor earlier. 
or whatever well, sarcastic thing you have to say. You know, the past you. is the past, John Z. Let's not dwell on it. Let's not dwell on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time uh, I see a movie, I just think we should do an episode on it now. Yeah. But we have so little time. So little time left to do it. Yeah, I mean, according to my doc, we have eight episodes left to plot out. Oh, to Ooh. plot out. Oh my god. Could go over go over the list. What do we what do we have coming up? Actually, that's incorrect. There is a duplicate, and if we do Matrix as the Matrix trilogy, my god, what a giant episode that would be. We have to at least make it a two-parter. I don't know though. Um You don't want to do the trilogy, Dale? I, I don't know if two to wasting two episodes is worth it. What, wasting? Oh. What if there are people that love those movies? Well, I, you know, I don't mean wasting, but nobody well, loves let me, um, those movies. All but nobody let, loves me, let, me, let, me, let me talk about what we have here. Oh, I just thought of another one. Jesus. Put it in. The first Light episode, the premiere of that show on Fox, Mantis. Remember that oh, show? Oh, God, we got to do that episode. Oh, God. Oh, my God, we got to do that one that we almost did. Speaking of Fox, Generation X. Ooh. Oh yeah! Put it in. All right. So what if we, we stayed so on Kurt have... Russell and pivoted in either to Escape from L.A. Mm. or Escape from New York, rather, or Big Trouble in Little China, mm. or The Thing? Oh, oh my God. God in heaven! We got we got to do the thing. <coughs> Put it on there. It's on there. All right. Let A me blade? just throw out one of the blades. Some... <laughs> I think we did Blade already, didn't we? Blade Two. <laughs> we have uh, Logan. Alien 3, Double Shot Resurrection, Double Shot Tuesdays, mm-hmm. Matrix Trilogy. <laughs> what an amazing week Guys, that's going to be. Guys, stop. Demolition, man. Oh, that's, that's we got to do it. Collectively, could be one of our favorite movies of all time. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. agree. Uh, let's see. Avatar. Mm-hmm. Heat. So hold on, back up real quick to Avatar. Speaking of, watched a little bit of WrestleMania 25, in fact, the whole thing, or WrestleMania 26. I can't remember which WrestleMania it is. But topical, um, what's his name? James Cameron. No, the the Lucha wrestler. Not Eddie Guerrero. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio Jr., Wearing an avatar-like lucha costume with cat oh. eye contacts at WrestleMania. <laughs> what are the? Ch- it's a sign. It is a sign that we have to do it, <laughs> and it's also a sign of what on earth. He he, uh, big events. He like wears a getup. I remember when he left WWE. He did like, I think there's a uh, like based on avatar. Big Mexi- the big me- show in Mexico. I can't remember if it's called like triple mania or something he had a costume where he had wings and he like opened up his thing and there was like these robotic wings that flew out it wasn't it was intense that was during the initial heyday of like twitter gifs when that started uh so we have briscoe county jr oh my god yes premiere Mm -hmm. and uh the, the ones that we just mentioned god we could get a rucker hauer movie or two, oh, God, we have two to. Rucker movies in one episode, <laughs> just to get a sampling. That's like those cheapo DVDs you get at Walmart, yeah, where it's two, two movies on one. Two for the price of one. Maybe we just pick a random Rucker Howard DVD from Walmart. Yeah, 
That's that's a good from idea. the sale bin. That's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> so what does that put us? This has to be like two ninety eight. That's two ninety. We're now choosing from two ninety three on. We are up against it. Keeping demolition in mind. man made it the cut though, right? It's on there, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, what about? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Talk about Jean Claude Van Damme, Hard Target. Oh Jesus! When he plays the Southern uh, Nolans accent, and he's got mm-hmm. the mullet. Can we also double shot Tuesday? Time cop. Time cop. Oh. Time cop. I haven't seen that in a dog's age. Mm, you're gonna love it. Let me throw out an actor's name. Steven Seagal. Oh, <laughs> fire down below. Above the law. Uh, above the law. Under siege. The glimmer man. <laughs> under siege. Uh, we could do. Can we we could do under siege and under siege two. Dark territory. Under siege. Uh, teen years. Tommy Lee Jones. Erica Laniac coming out of that cake. Oh, oh yeah. my Was Bill God. Paxton Jesus. in Under Siege? I'm watching it tonight with my pants <laughs> off. <laughs> Did you say that movie's awful or awesome? It's incredible. Was Bill Paxton in that movie? Erica Laniac. Well, I mean, that's my childhood right there mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> Matt watching Chasers with the door locked Pardon and the lights off. Usage. Chasers. Yeah, that was the other one with her. With Tom Berenger and other guy. Charlie Sheen? Maybe. Is there a Thunder in Paradise movie that exists outside of the series? Yes. The pilot was a short film. Oh my God. Are you saying we Thunder can do it? Thunder in Paradise. Hey, oh. Oh my God. Yes. That would be a dream come <laughs> true. We should do it all in the same room, that one. Oh, Papa John. We'll her up some wings. We get mm. some wings. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. You know? Mm-hmm. There's a hurricane of blowing in. If we stick to this water. schedule, which obviously we might not, days go by, we only have five more episodes we need to schedule. Days go by. Five, let's, five more movies. We could do it in the next five minutes if we wanted to. Maybe we let it, you know, simmer. Yeah, you know, wait for what Matt about H.H. Some... to get off the ledge, see if he jumps after <laughs> <laughs> hearing this. What about some Tom movies we've missed, like Minority Report we never saw? Oh. Oblivion? Days of Thunder? We didn't do that. Oh. On the 4th of July? Didn't do that. Far and Away? Mission <laughs> Impossible? Can you imagine us wasting, not wasting, <laughs> but using an episode of the final shows on Far and Away? <laughs> there, would, there would be maybe a backlash that we could not withstand if we did an episode about Far Away. <laughs> I love the end of that but movie. But the, the first Mission Impossible we should probably do, right? Oh, gosh. I mean, we have, we have to choose at least one. Mission Impossible. First time I went to go see that, fell asleep in the theater. <laughs> it's one of your favorite One of my movies. favorite movies. I love it. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I saw Mission Impossible, the first one. Oh, my God. Can't recall. Great movie. Great. That's how I learned about Usenet groups. That's how he contacted the, uh, what's her name? Claire. Everything he knows about Joe computers he learned from the first Mission Impossible movie. Combination That's how we learned everything about computers. The knock list. Has to get the oh, knock list. That was in the first movie? I felt oh, like yeah. that was in a James Bond or something. Nope. Knock list, baby. Mission Impossible <laughs> 1. I'm going to Google that. John Voight. 
Justin Bieber or Stevez. Oh, Young Guns. I didn't put Young Guns young, in there. Oh, you got to get Young Guns in there. We'll do one and two as a Shoot. double shot Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, we got to. What about, let me throw out a movie title. Just throw it see, what you, see what you think. Just throw it out there. <laughs> Wall Street. Mm. Yeah, Gordon. Scorsese. Gecko. We're doing some, like, we should probably do The Departed if we're doing Scorsese. Oh. Your knees get a little weak over there? One of my all-time favorite movies. Easily. Easily. Jesus. Criminy. You know, let's sleep on it. We'll sleep on this list. Mm-hmm. We'll sleep feel on like it. I, I haven't smoked in years. I feel like I need a cigarette. We're gonna, we have two pieces of homework. We're going to sleep on this list, wow. and you're going to ask your wives about Q317. It's a good piece of homework right there. The best. Yeah, I'm gonna be on that lake if if I, you know if I have to go there by myself. Ah, oh, you lucky dog! It's gonna be me, catcher, karate, and you know hopefully you guys. Sure, me in a yeah, tandem <laughs> kayak for uh, the reason other I just want to torture myself. Oh boy, <laughs> Jonesy in a tandem. Just leave me. Leave me. I'm a grown man. I can die out here. It's okay. What, what website did you use to get that place? Did uh, you use a website or were you just like working the phones? <laughs> no, yeah. I used um, like HomeAway or VRBO. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Well, I, that's how I found it. And then she went shady and wanted me wanted to deal with me like mailing oh. checks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, gosh. You almost said she wanted to go deep with you. I think we should end it the show on that line if you would have misspoke. Just saying as well. No, we gotta, I would go deep We got to talk about WrestleMania 25 and half of 26 in this fireside. Let's do it. What was the main event of WrestleMania 25 that you were watching the other night? Oh, my God. What was it? <clears throat> that wasn't um, John Taker. Cena versus The Miz, was it? It may have been. John Cena... And the Rock that he interfered to cost uh, the John Cena the match. No, the Rock wasn't in it. Um, John Cena versus someone. Was it um, JBL? Rey Mysterio Batista. JBL John. JBL John Layfield. Oh yeah, he he in twenty six. He just lost the belt, I think, in 26. Um, let's see. I'm looking, I'm looking it up here. The main look event. Look it up. Oh, it was um, Triple H Randy Orton. Ugh. Boy, what a dud. It's time to play the game. And that was the... Um, so... Randy Orton, like, totally DDTs Stephanie McMahon and then, like, kisses her creepily while Triple H is, like, handcuffed to the turnbuckle. Yeah, I remember that. Gross. And uh, it was the first Undertaker, HBK. Just a good match. 
our break kid, Shawn Michaels, uh, entrance music does not hold up in 2009. <laughs> he's just somebody's boy toy. Yeah, he's some somebody's born-again Christian boy toy. Yeah. Um, so that was a good match. And it was crazy to see. And, and then WrestleMania 26, they're bleeding together. But WrestleMania... Oh, tw- that match is amazing. I, I didn't get there yet, the the Undertaker oh. one. But the, um, like, that's when, okay, I know you have a special affinity for CM Punk, right? He's cool, but I actually never really liked his wrestling all that much. I didn't think, I didn't think he was a great wrestler. Oh, okay. Okay. I just, like, <clears throat> around that time, I remember friend of the show, Nick Luzzi, being straight edge right which is cool like it was straight edge means you don't drink you don't do drugs that kind of thing and cm punk had this thing he was a part of the straight edge society yeah but he was a bad guy and he was like making fun of the studio audience being hopped up on xanax and drinking all the time so like great what but like (laughs) why be straight edge and make that be like a bad because uh I, th- I think he is straight edge in real life i don't think that's a bit yeah. but i think they turned that into a well i think to the wwe audience that's if he starts preaching about it it's lame and they're gonna want to boo him especially it's not like being straight edge is lame but like right no his I, character is judgmental on the audience so that's like a an easy way to to get heat quote unquote from the audience but to but, them hate you but to like turn this like and if you're and again straight edge absolutely fine with it and if he's straight edge great but like to turn it into this cult thing where all of a sudden you're straight edge but you're in this straight edge cult with these two disciples you're walking around with like the dude with a bandana and the shaved girl with the shaved head and he's like getting on these people and he has the baldest most shaven belly but the hairiest chest in the entire world <laughs> with uh with uh wrestle shorts that mimic gi joe font <laughs> like it just like he, he was still finding his way i think in 2010 yeah that that gimmick wasn't one that stayed for a while okay like when he did um like he gained kind of current popularity where he did the he did an interview on TV that was like quote unquote unscripted where he like sat on the it was a shoot it's called the the pipe bomb yeah he did a shoot uh-huh. <laughs> where he was shooting from the hip and he said like how current wrestling stinks and nobody watches and I'm the best but nobody cares and then, like, people were like, oh, this is pretty mm, cool. Okay. And that, like, got a new audience to, like, check it out again. And that's where he got really popular because John Cena was popular. and But he was, like, the goody two-shoes face of the WWE at that time, or still is. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the young fans were like, well, I'm kind of into this new CM Bunk. He told it like it is. Mm-hmm. So I want him to be the face. So then they had this, actually, this awesome feud where the disenfranchised fans loved CM Punk and they wanted him to be the top guy. So him and John Cena had a match at Money in the Bank in in Chicago, in Punk's hometown. And it was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Like the the crowd was like 
electric mm-hmm. for for everything. Like I think even WWE uploaded like CM Punk's Money in the Bank Chicago entrance to YouTube because him just entering the <laughs> wow. arena was insane. Wow, that's cool. And he ends up winning. So he's not a bad guy and, for long. No, he wasn't that character for very long. Okay. But like the, after like so the thing with WWE is like they can have these like really cool moments, but they in general don't ever mm-hmm. follow through on them and continue to make them great because like CM Punk won. But they ended up floundering his character, and he ended up leaving. Mm. I, I was gonna. I was wondering why he left. Did he leave on his own? He said he. Yeah, he. There was like a huge backstory, but he like quit because he wasn't having that much fun anymore, and he wasn't like a top guy mm-hmm. when he quit. So, and I, then I started getting into like uh, there was a match between it was Randy Orton, the Viper, the Viper, the Apex Predator, who. I never. I don't know his story. I don't know what his story is, but he's like a specimen. Mm-hmm. He's like taut, but um, he's, got a, he's got a great body. He was, uh, you know, his tur- turned against his late Legion of Legacy or whatever, with which was Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. These mm-hmm. these people like, and I and and I knew Cody. Rhodes. I was like, is that Stardust? And then I Googled, and it was, and he's gone. He's out of the WWE. As of last he, May, he, I think. He quit. He's on the independent circuit, kind of doing his own thing. Right. He joined the Bullet Club. Oh. <laughs> and Ted DiBiase Jr., did you Google him? Yeah, he just left because of family, prior family engagements or something. Yeah, not only that, but he's like a counselor, teacher at some Christian youth. Uh, oh, wow. Like, his- um, like summer camp. And there's a WWE did a where are they now on him, and it's like a three parter of them interviewing oh, him, wow. talking about how he works with these kids and helping them find Christ and stuff. Super fascinating. Like his dad, because his dad's all into that, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> the Million Dollar Man. Yeah. Everybody. You know, it's also a great matches. I think the one that you're watching now, Sean and Taker, have their final match. Mm-hmm. The next year. Triple H and Undertaker fight. And Sean, I think, is the special guest referee. Oh. Unbelievable match in that one. It was cool in WrestleMania to see the uh, Hall of Fame inductees. Ted DiBiase was in- inducted in 26. Saw Coco Beware. Your boy. My boy, obviously. My boy. Um, The weird... <laughs> And and the there's another weird match where Chris Jericho well I I don't know I I would love to know how he started a feud to make all the everybody try to forget like the old wrestlers that they loved oh, but he fought Roddy Piper Ricky Steamboat and uh, what was the other one <clears throat> um, he just died. oh Jimmy Jimmy Snuka oh my yeah. god. What a tr- what a train wreck! What a... <laughs> I couldn't even. Oh, isn't that the one where uh, what's his face is in the audience and you tweeted about him? Oh yeah, Mickey Rourke. In, <laughs> Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Like just because he was in the wrestler that year. Yeah, they're like they got to get that heat or that that hype from the wrestler uh, marketing. Yeah, so they bring him up in the stage. Chris Jericho like has beef with him because he's he started a movie called The Wrestler, and then Mickey Rourke like is all hopped up with his weird dreads and he's he used to be a boxer so he like squares up and he starts like jawing Chris Jericho it's so wacky 
Do you remember that uh, Alec Baldwin episode where he interviewed Mickey Rourke? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Remember, was he good. was like constant. great episode. Yeah, that was good. He was boxing and took taking like acting lessons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Guys, the, um, Man on Fire pivot from Mickey oh, Rourke. God, pivot. But Man on Fire is the best Punisher movie ever made. Mm. Bow, 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 bow. The um, the Taker Triple H match from twenty seven. They actually. Uh, there's like an amazing story in the match. It's like a well, it's like the match has a great storyline inside of it. Oh. And then at the end of the match, they all leave holding like they they hold their hands and they hug each other at the end of the match by, by the exit. So they like semi broke character. Oh, did they? Like we just had, we just had like an amazing match. Let's salute the crowd together oh, and hug and then nice. leave. I gotta watch it was really that. cool. No, I got to watch that. Hell in the Cell match, I think it was. Oh yeah, is that what it was? Uh, I think so. I have to check that out. Then I'm, I'm I got to get through twenty six. <clears throat> I got to get to the point. I, I've obviously at some point Triple H shaves his head. Luckily, because him with the bottle of water, constantly spitting out water and then flipping his hair back, it's just too much. You know, it's got to <laughs> hurt his neck muscles. You gonna do that when we have our first Los Mediocridad match? Is that gonna be your thing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try to uh, like mist out the water from my mouth, but it's just going to come out in like a big stream, and I'll just. Oh, like, you're like start start choking accidentally, <laughs> and I have to like give you the Heimlich. As uh, this last time, I noticed as Triple H was making his way to the match, like there's a water guy there that throws him the bottle of water before he oh, gets really? in the I ring. Didn't know that. Like he's got to have his water staged so he can get that last gulp in, so he can mist it out. I don't even know how he does that with the water. It makes it spray. It's fi- It's such a fine spray. It's like a humidifier. <laughs> <laughs> Droplets. He really missed the mark. He should have branded himself as like a child's line mm-hmm. of humidifiers. It teamed up with Vicks. Triple humidifier. <laughs> could have could have been in there. Triple Vicks humidifiers could have you know could have been a real thing. We actually have a, a cool humidifier for James. It's like a white orb. It looks like a Google Home. But it's got a light setting that the, there's like a light inside that changes colors every like 15 seconds. Oh, cool. really? So kinda, it's like a night light. We pour like Vicks inside of that and fill it up with the water, mm-hmm. so it shoots it all out. Works pretty well. Humidifier Hearst Helmsley. <laughs>